The World Show with Nikki B. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za. I'm Nikki B. Thank you so much for being with me on today's journey across the globe with music that deserves to be heard always on The World Show. And right now, I am joined by today's very special guest. Adedeji, welcome to The World Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hi, Nikki B. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> wow. It's the first time I'm meeting you, but let me tell you, yeah. your album has blown me away. I was actually thinking wow. today, I've got to go, now go back and look at your previous albums. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was so, 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 so rich that uh, <laughs> it's enough to speak about it today. We've got a lot to talk about. It's, yeah. it's called Yoruba Odyssey, and you're going to hear the songs on this album. Wow, each and every song is a de- gem. Adedeji, yeah. tell me a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and when you first discovered music. Well, um, I will start with, uh, I, I grew up in Lagos. You know, I'm from Nigeria, so I was born in Lagos, and that's where I grew up. And uh, answering your question, like, when did I first discover music? I think I didn't discover music. I think music discovered me. Because, I mean, I know it sounds like a cliche. A lot of people say that. But the truth is, you know, for me, I've been into music since I was four years old. Maybe even, you know. And um, professionally, I've been into it, I mean, I would say eight years old. At the age of eight, I was already playing. And I was already teaching harmony to my sister and my brothers and telling them how to, you know, put their voices and we can have three voices in the house. And um, so, so you, going so back to... Yeah, did you start yeah. Did you start with song? Was that the first? Yeah, I, yes. Yeah, I was, I was always a singer. I started as a singer in the church. So my father is a priest, but even before he became a priest, I was always fascinated by the church choir. And um, so I had two sides of that. My father is an Anglican priest, so they would do more classical stuff. And my mother goes to a, another kind of church, which is more African-oriented, and they do more traditional influence church. So I'll go listen to the classical music, then go back to the African dance, you know, in the church. So I've always been, you know, a singer. I picked up the guitar much later. I think I was probably 18 years old, there about or 19, when I picked up the guitar to actually support my performances and, you know, help me write music better. Yes. So that's when I picked up the guitar. I studied in Lagos for a bit. And in Nigeria, basically, I studied at the Polytechnic in Ibadan. And I studied at the University of Lagos, but I, I mean, I didn't finish there. So I finished my graduate course in the Netherlands, where I studied jazz and, um, you know, uh, in guitar and vocals. And then, um, yeah, I've been playing around since then. Uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage with a lot of artists that I you know, respect and appreciate as well. So. Now we have your Odyssey here, which is my third album, actually. Yes, it's an <laughs> so, absolutely yeah. brilliant album. But before we go into the album, I want to just ask you a question out of curiosity. Yes. How yeah. did you end up living in Athens? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the way from, the... you know, all the way from Lagos uh, to yeah. Holland. Yes. Yeah. It all started, uh, we had a band in Nigeria with a Greek uh, guitarist with some of my friends and that was so we went to tour in Athens for the first time in 2005 and to be honest with you it wasn't my favorite city <laughs> so at that time you know I was like no I'm not gonna stay here so I went back home after the tour you know 
But then later I was trying to get back to Europe and I tried to, and I, by that time I already had friends in Greece that, you know, they were asking me to come back and, you know, my then girlfriend who became my wife. So at some point I said, okay, let's just start over in Greece and see how it happens. But I always say Greece is kind of like a black hole. You know, once you get into it, you don't want to leave it. It's such a beautiful city as well, though, you know. So I lived there and I, from there I went to study in, in the Netherlands for like four years. But I still went back to Greece because it's kind of, for me, it's best of both worlds in the sense that, you know, it has the African weather. You know, it has yes. the laid backness of Africa. It has the laid backness of Africa a little bit, you know, and then it has a little bit of Europe as well. And it's closer to Europe for me. So so that's how I ended up in Greece. So it was probably, I would say, woman and music led me to Greece, something like that, you know. Uh, love and love and music. <laughs> what what, what, yeah, what exactly. else is there exactly, in life? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And one more question yeah. about Greece, and, and I'm not going to go on about it. But, I mean, your sound is infused with Afrobeat. I think it's in your blood. High life, yeah. Afrobeat, obviously all these other influences and textures yeah. you bring in. But, I yeah. mean, is there an Afrobeat scene in Greece? Um, I wouldn't say there is a strong Afrobeat scene in Greece. I, I tried to start a few things there, you know, in the past Afro session and all of that. But, like I said, you know, because we have that um, free access to the European uh, scene, so I could travel around. I actually have a band in the Netherlands that I play with more. So, but when I'm in Greece, I also play with the locals there. I'm trying to, you know, build up the Afrobeat scene, whatever that is. You know, I. It's, but there isn't, to be honest with you. And for my music, it's 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 uh, it's a music that can, you know, I think it can be on both sides. It could be world, it could be Afro, it could be jazz, it could be funk, because that's some of the music that fascinates me as well. But in Greece, we don't really have that strong scene. Yes. But I'm more I'm more doing it around Europe. You know, I I try to play around Europe more. And I also try to play in Greece when I have the chance. Yes. Beautiful. Let's hear one of the tracks of this album. Yeah. And then we're going to go right into the album and what it's all about. So I wanted to start okay. with the opening track, which is Oruku. And I wanted to start yeah. with this one because it is like an introduction to the album. You know? Yeah. Tell me a little bit yeah. about Okuru. Oruku. Yeah, okay. So Oruku. I'm going to, yeah, it's, um, I have to thank my manager, uh, Carolina Vallejo for choosing that. I, I had a, a different title to okay. start, actually, to start the, to start the tune because I had recorded it. And she was like, oh, we should start with Oruko. I had, I think I wanted to start with Ayinla because I felt it was more, you know, powerful. But while I was singing, I had already said that right now we want to take you to Nigeria. So that's the first statement if you hear the group. And I said, to be precise, the Yoruba land, you know, and that kind of leads us into you know, the album now to go into the music. So she was the reason that is the first track, actually. Thank, thank you, Carolina. <laughs> and, thank you, and thank you, Carolina, for bringing me this beautiful <laughs> album and artist. Yes. <laughs> so Oruku, because I believe that um, the work of the artist or for the musician is, you know, it's actually to give people information and to be able to educate people, you know, culturally and, you know, the social consciousness and, political consciousness, if need be. So Oruku is more on the social side because I believe that over the years, um, the the potency or the power of our culture as Yoruba people has been, you know, you know, reducing. A lot of our kids don't um, speak the language as good as they should. You know, I mean, 
people sometimes ask me, how can you still speak the language so good? And I'm like, how can you not? You know, because it's a beautiful language. So Oruku basically used to be, it's like, um, how do you say, it's like knock-knock kind of a joke, but it's not a joke. We used to use it as the starting of riddles in the Yoruba land when we were kids. So they would, they would put riddles around words and they always start with Oruku. So we used to say Oruku tindi tindi, then they put the riddles into it. Then you have to answer okay. what it is. Yes. You see, so so I was looking for a way to bring back the history and also to teach our people and others who might be interested in, you know, some of the African proverbs and riddles and how we play with it, but in a really funky way, because I, I love funk, I love jazz and Afrobeat as well, of course. So the whole idea was, how can I fuse, how can I teach while we also entertain? So this is how Uruku became the thing. And to be honest with you, I had forgotten a few of the riddles, so I had to call my mother up and say, <laughs> do you remember some of the riddles that you used to ask us while we were kids? So she wrote a few to me. Some of my friends wrote the ones I remember and the answers. So you have the riddles and the answers, the riddles and the answers, you know, in a really powerful, funky way, I, I believe, you know. Absolutely. And so that's kind of, you know, it's kind of the story of Oruku in a nutshell, yeah. Beautiful. Oruku, a beautiful yeah. opening track to an incredible album. Yoruba Odyssey is the name of the uh, album, and Aredeji is the artist chatting to us at the moment. And of course, he is uh, living in Athens, from Nigeria, living in Athens. But uh, right now, you said you are in Belgium. Yeah, I'm in Belgium. We've been recording for like three days nonstop. So I was just coming from the studio, actually. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, we did a, we opened for Giedu Amboleo a few days ago. Yes. And then we played also a concert yesterday and we're, we're around here. Fantastic. I'm going to hear more about it on the other yeah. side of this track. Of course, it is the World Show. <laughs> Yes, Kaya959. I bet you are grooving as much as I am grooving. Oruku. Adadeji is the artist. He is with me right now, coming to us all the way from Europe, but of course keeping us rooted in the African style. And the album is Yoruba Odyssey, and it is doing so well. I mean, did you imagine how well this album is doing on all the charts? Uh, I wouldn't say I do, you know, but at the same time, I was hoping, let's say, yes. you know, that it would do well because, you know, we I put a lot of thoughts into the whole thing, like in the beginning. It's one of the albums that I, I mean, like the other albums as well, but, you know, it just happened to be the one that is after my heart right now. And it kind of rounds up what's been happening before. So I was hoping that, you know, it would do well. I, I mean, I'm surprised, you know, there's a lot of playing all around the world. And for me, that's, you know, I'm blessed to have that opportunity now. Yeah, and it just to, it seems know. to be just climbing all the different charts, and I'm not surprised that it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely not. I'm, I'm glad it is also. But now you speak about your previous albums. How is yeah. this album an evolution or a departure from what you were doing before? It's it's connected. It's connected. Um, the first album. I mean, it, it has its own story. It was, I feel like, um, how can I say, the first album was more rooted in Nigeria. The whole idea, the you know, the creation is 
what I used to, you know, live in Nigeria or what I, you know, I'd lived through as a musician, what I've been able to absorb in terms of sound. That's Ajo, which is the first album. And um, and my, let's say, my musicality, my level of, you know, musicianship at that time, you know, in terms of how to arrange my music and what I really wanted to sound like. So that was the beginning anyway. And the second album, in the sense, is a continuation of that. It's that plus my jazz, more depth, you know, of jazz understanding and then arranging music and so, but I needed to play both sides because I, so it's a double album, the second one. So I had a side that was more African, let us say, you know, that was more dancey and poppy, if you want to call it that. And then the other one, which is still danceable because I try to make my jazz, I call it danceable jazz, basically, because yes. I believe that, you know, jazz used to be a dance music. It used to be the top pop music of the world. So I mean, one of it. So it had both sides. One was more technical on the double album. Yes. So you're about to see kind of rounds up both. You're about to see, you know, is connected. It's like connecting the first album and the second album together in a way that, you know, it's more seamless, let us say, rather than, you know, breaking them. In, then separate, in box, yeah. In, in separate boxes, you know, musically also. And um, I was, you know, very conscious of what I wanted with your about. Actually, I have to say that 90% of the music I was written on the piano. I'm not a good piano player, but so that it can restrict me from going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> too much into the technical aspect. I wanted it, I wanted it to be technical, but still funky. Still, yes. you know, accessible, if you want to call it that. So I kind of like wrote a lot of them on the piano. Of course, apart from the arrangements uh, that I did, I did all of it, the whole arrangement, actually. So Beautiful was, arrangements, yeah. yeah. And thank in you, fact, you. what you were saying about it is, yeah. is really what I picked up from it, is each and every yeah. track is just yeah. bringing together all these different styles, in, as you say, seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's quite a feat in itself to make sure there's yeah. funk, there's yeah. Afrobeat, there's yeah. jazz, there's yeah. tra- even even elements of traditional African music. You know, a lot of it, yes. actually. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. And yeah. and you've somehow brought it together in this like, I don't know, it's it's um, <laughs> huge and powerful. Each and every <laughs> song has these different elements. Um, yeah. Yes. Out of interest as well. In, in yeah. terms of your studying as a musician and studying yeah. as a Nigerian-born, um, well, I, I consider your style even just so rooted in Africa. What yeah. what what did you end up studying when you were studying? Uh, what was you yeah. you? yeah. Yeah, so I, I used to tell, like, there's a, f- a few students or friends of mine who are always telling me, like, so when I, like I said, I went to two schools in Nigeria and I dropped out of those. Yes. I know people don't like the word dropout, but <laughs> let's say I left. Let's <laughs> say you left, yes. Yeah, let's say I left because yes. I wasn't getting, I wasn't, it was voluntarily, you know. Yes, it it's not the first time, it's not the yeah, first time I've heard that from from yeah. a great musician, yes. <laughs> so it was a voluntary decision because it wasn't taking me where I wanted at that period. I wanted something different. So, but I had the sound in my head, like, that's what I said, like, Ajo. For instance, I was all I was always interested in researching. I was studying in Nigeria. I knew harmonies and theory even before I left Nigeria. I learned a lot of things in Nigeria, and I also happened to play 
a lot of traditional music. I was a juju musician. I sang juju in parties. You know, yes. I sang the gospel music in the church. Then I played the contemporary music also in the Pentecostal churches. So, and I played jazz at parties as well. So I've already been doing all of that before I left Nigeria. Yes. However, you know, studying abroad, like I knew why I was going to school when I went to my school. And it was, you know, by accident, I discovered the school. It's called the Prince Klaus Conservatorium at the University of Anze in the Netherlands. So, and it's, they have a program which is called um, New York Comes to Grown Again. So it's like a lot of teachers are coming from the States. A lot of jazz musicians are coming from New York to teach us there every week with the local teachers. And they allowed me to actually develop one of the, so just to answer what you were saying about how they became seamless, sometimes you do things that you're not really aware of what you're trying to do. You know, until one of one of my, my arranging teacher, for instance, once said this to me, like, when when you're practicing with your band in the school, he's telling me, like, I know that's you arranging. Like, he could hear yes, yes. my arrangement that is different because that means that the African roots is so deep into it. Like, I'm very cautious of the African roots, of all those things that I came from. So if, if you are, a, you know, a student of music or somebody who understands music, you would hear the lines of Africa, like in the bass and the guitars, in the horn lines, like the melodies are not very Western, even though the harmony can be yes. in a way. So, so I knew exactly why I was going to school and what I wanted. I wanted to, let us say, learn the tricks, you know, like Charlie Parker said, you have to, you know, leave it and then, you know, experience, like you have to let the music, you have to study it, learn the rules and then break them, basically. So for me, that was what I was going there to see, like, and also to kind of have a structure for a few years. I needed the structure, you know, the discipline to, you know, to follow the, the instruction of the system. So that was a good decision for me. And, yes. You know, it came out, so, you know, on that album as well, I think. Yeah, no, that that was interesting for me because of, like, what what was your area of focus, you know? And I suppose you've just been telling me all of that. And in, <laughs> in the making of this, in fact, you, you've been covering a lot of the questions I would have asked you. Yeah. Thank you for being... <laughs> I'm so, I'm, th- no, I'm thank you. you. You're a, an ideal artist to, to, to chat. I love it. Please carry on talking. That's what the world shows about. But... The sound on this album is also such a big sound. I mean, how many musicians were involved? So, okay, like we talked about the process of the album. Um, while I was in, before I went to Nigeria to record, I was in London at the National Theatre. I was part of the play in the National Theatre for like six months. I was uh, the, the musician for the for a certain play at for the National Theatre in England. Yeah, in the National Theatre in England. And so while I was doing that, I was already writing the music. So I wanted to record it in London because I could find a lot of Nigerian musicians there. So for the first time, I wanted to have an album that has 99.9% of Nigerians because I wanted that swing, you know? Yes. Like we were having this conversation, you know, I, I play with a lot of Afro-Cuban guys or, you know, Latin Americans. And when they come into my music, even though they have the African, you know, you know, culture, the swing is different. It's like when the Americans also play the music, the swing, the feel is different. So this particular one, I wanted the Nigerian swing, let us say. So, and London was a place I could find more Nigerians, I think. However, I started to think about the process that I want to take on this album. So I went back to Decca studio. This is where I first recorded as a kid. I was, um, as a kid, a teenager, 
my first time recording in the studio, maybe 14 years old or so. Yes. And Decca Studio is where Fela used to record. Absolutely. And I remember the uh, King Sonia Day, Ebenezer Bay, you know, a lot of the greats recorded there. And it was also the first studio I ever recorded in my life as an artist. So for me, it was very nostalgic to go back to Decca. Yes. And it was, so when I, before I went, I know it might be difficult because also the materials are not the easiest for people that haven't played, you know, if you don't have a certain level of technicality on your instrument, I mean, without sounding proud or something, it's not, you know, it's not the normal lines that people, that my people are used to, let us say. Yes. So I need, I needed to send it to them to listen to their lines. And I had only 10 days to record that music. I, wow. I had 10 days to spend in, yeah, I had 10 days to spend in Nigeria, basically. Yes. So wow. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay long. Yes. So I booked like two, two, three days of rehearsal. I'd already sent it. And the first rehearsal was a disaster because people didn't show up. So I was worried, like, oh, how are we going to do this? You are back so in Africa. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a bit scary. And I was like, but, you know, a few friends were like, okay, let's try. We changed some crew and we booked Decca for two nights, basically. So it's like 24, 24 hours I recorded with, uh, and I had 13 songs to record, but we ended up recording about nine of them. Oh, let's say nine. The other one was post-recorded anyway. So we did like nine tracks in two days. Wow. With like, you uh, must have done yeah. like one take, one take, one take. <laughs> yeah, it was it was mostly one take. I also like that. Like, I like to leave the mistakes sometimes. Yes. So for me, the mistake is God speaking, you know. It's yes. Like, it's, it's human. So I, I sometimes I like the perfection part, but I also sometimes just let some things go. If there are things that don't disturb me. I let it go because I believe like this is what will happen live. So I wanted the organic feeling of the of the music. So we would record in the morning. When I'm in the day with the we would record with the rhythm section in the day, sorry. And then in the night we would record the the home section because we couldn't record everybody together. Yes. And I did that I did that for two two days, so it's like twenty four hours. So that's about forty eight hours of recording, no sleep. Wow. <laughs> And so we had enough material that I could go home to and then see. Whoops, we uh, seem to get uh, cut off there. But um, I'm loving the stories. And I think while we reconnect, I'm going to play you one of my favorite tracks of this album. Mind you, there's so many. So, JJ, we're speaking to Adedeji. The album is Yoruba Odyssey. And you can tell what an absolute gem it is. Kaya 959, he is with us. I mean, wow. <laughs> Adedeji, thank you so much. I mean, yeah. Uh, or oh, JJ, I, I, you, you see what it's done to me. I was just, I was just telling him he's, he's crazy. He's abs- I mean, this music is like, wow. How do you fit so much into one song? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and all the tracks are like this. There's different yeah. textures and different moments of of excitement and interest in each track beautiful yeah. arrangements absolutely beautiful arrangements thank I'm, you very much <laughs> i'm so sorry we were cut off earlier on but please <laughs> no problem. but please tell me a little bit about this track that we just played yeah <clears throat> so ojj there's there's a traditional song which has the same melody 
like it's more like a call and response thing, which is a story of a mother who left a son, or on the other hand, um, it's actually a mother who is on. The story is the mother is on a journey, and she left she left the child with this um, stepmother, let us say, and um, the stepmother is kind of mistreating mistreating the child. So she's telling some people who are going to a JJ that when you get to a JJ, tell my mother that the food she left for me is, you know, that's that's an African tale or Yoruba tale, if you want to call it that. But I kind of flipped it around because, like I said, um, my interest is is in bringing back some of the Yoruba stories, but in a more contemporary way as an artist and try to represent it. Like it's like me trying to say our stories, you know, and so I had to change the melody and rearrange the whole thing. So, but I flipped the story around this time. It's not the mother that is away. It's the son that is away in this sense that, so so it's me that I'm away from home. It's, it's kind of like a child yearning to get back home, but also telling them, telling them that I haven't forgotten home. Yes. Like, you know, just tell them that it's, it's hard here right now. I'm still trying to hustle. So it's not like I've forgotten what I've left and I've, I haven't forgotten all the words and everything you've taught me. That's the story part of it. The musical part of it is, me, like you said, you know, is how to make it more contemporary and, you know, more futuristic, you know, like, like a futuristic Afro beat in a sense. Like it's funky, it's Afro, it's jazz. Uh, I, I don't like to bo- box music. I, I just I just write music the way it comes to me. That's how I, you know, the way I receive it. That's what I try to represent. It could be, you know, the bass, it could be the horns. And Ojeje was one of those songs that, you know, everything just came, it came by itself, like, how I wanted it, where it was going, and you know, I spent a few time. It was I didn't spend so much time on that song. It yeah. it happened. Some songs takes me five years to write. Yes. This wasn't one of those. It wasn't one of those. Yeah. You know, I always say with any creation, whether it be a song, a painting, a production, sometimes it's got its own timeline. It will tell you when it's finished, yeah. when it's ready. It's ready. Yes, exactly. and we we exactly. have to sometimes listen to the to the creation in order to, to, yeah. to tell us. But I Absolutely. think when we got cut off, we were you were explaining, you know, the recording process. Yeah. At the end of the day, how many musicians were involved in this? Yeah. That, um, or approximately. <laughs> uh, approximately would be about 20, 20 musicians at least. Wow. So we had the, we had the, the four home sessions in Lagos, the five rhythm sections there. So that's like nine. Then I had a few friends that I had them to, for the post-production, for instance, I needed a trombone player, and I had a friend in Greece that I had him play that, all the trombones on it. And the thing about it is, like, the album is one of, like I said, I wanted 99% Nigerians or Africans, so to say. Yes. But the, And the album still ended up being maybe 95 or 98%. The only f- people who are not from Nigeria that are on the album are, is the trombone player, um, the baritone player who played one track or two tracks, and a good friend of mine who's Cuban, but is also Yoruba because the Cubans also have the Yoruba Absolutely. tradition and the Yoruba culture. So he's on a few tracks. And another Yoruba brother who is in, from Colombia, he lives in Switzerland, and he's on that. So still, I try to have as much Yoruba people on the album as I want. It would be about 20-something people. I also have my sister and my brother singing back in vocals. Oh, amazing. Just try to... Yeah, just trying to bring them back to, you know, when we used to do that as kids. And I wanted them on that as well. So, yeah. But also profound musicianship all around. So I really yeah. want to acknowledge that and give credit 
to the musicians yeah. that worked with you and and yeah, the quality of music absolutely amazing you know they I th- are incredible actually. yes and uh, you know it's so exciting because I think in this day of commercialism, we are so inundated with, you know, the Afrobeat style coming out of Nigeria, a lot of pop. And you forget that a, Niger- a place like Nigeria is one of the homes of, of, of juju music, as you say, of high life, yeah. of uh, the roots of so many, what became so many other musical styles across the continent. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I'm really yeah. pleased you did that, went back and worked with these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's also one of the reasons, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, there are a few people who are still doing that. I feel like, um, you know, I say that a lot, like Nigeria or Africa as a whole used to have so much sound. And then I think it would be unfair for the for the continent to have only one sound to represent it because we have so many talents around the world. I mean, in South Africa, it's a lot of incredible musicians that have they have also influenced me so much. You know, Jimmy Lulu is one of them. And um, was uh, Hugh Masekela, of course, you know, um, and the the young cats as well. There's this um, the pianist there, Moses Molelekwa, for instance. Yes. You know, this guys. There's so many incredible artists that comes out of Africa and out of South Africa or Nigeria. So I feel like, especially in Nigeria, for me, there's so many incredible musicians there, and I wanted to use this and every other music to showcase them to the world and also have not showcase. I mean, yes, just you know. Put a focus yes. light and let people know that to highlight it. To highlight, to highlight it. Highlight yes. it, and then hopefully we get to bring back the other sounds as well and put it on you know on the international stage like we used to. You know, in the past you will have Tony Ade touring while Felakut is touring and um, Aaron Oshola is touring and Ike Dairo. All these greats were touring at the same time, yes. doing their doing their own thing, and we hope that you know we're able to do that. Yes, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, got a couple of minutes left. And in fact, oh, what I was going to say, when you said you've been listening to some South African sounds, I can't remember exactly which track it was. I'll have to go back and look. But there was even one song where I thought, this sounds like a South African guitar, yeah. you know, turned around. It, 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 yeah. It's yeah. almost, I even picked up those little elements. And that's why I'm saying yeah. every track is so full and I must just make yeah. mention that when I spoke to Femi Koya about having you on the show, he said, and I want to say this to everyone, he said, ah, oh, Adadeji is one of the best guitarists ever coming out of Nigeria. So uh, there you go. From one of our own, because of course we've uh, yeah. adopted Femi yeah. as our adopted own. Him, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. Yes. He's a great brother and friend. Yeah. <laughs> How do you tour? Because you did the album with so many band members, and I know now you've, you've been doing, you've been touring, you've been hitting some big stages. <clears throat> How do you tour? Because surely you can't get twenty musicians touring. Yeah, right now we're we're working on with my management. We're working <laughs> on getting the guys from Nigeria, the band that the actual rhythm section that's recorded, and not just the rhythm section, the singers as well, to get them to to tour with us and do it and keep it a small but still big sound in that yes. sense, you know, considering. And sometimes I also tour with, like I said, I have a band in Europe that I tour with as well when I have to do, if it's, you know, depending on the budget and what I want to do. Yes. But again, the goal is to get the guys from home to actually bring them on the stages here and hopefully we, you know, reignite and do things. But so far we're still managing to do that. Well, we have some tours lined up 
for the for the album. So when we start to do that, we are planning to go back to Nigeria and get the band 200% ready and then yes. be able to, you know, hit the stages. Right now, I'm touring mostly with the European band. And also, I also do, I also play solo. Yes. Like, the thing is, if you check the album and the previous albums, I don't like the focal point to be my guitar as a solo instrument. I want the guitar to be part of the melody. So I write the guitar parts as a part of the rhythm section rather than it being in the front, except the song is guitaristic in nature, like it's a solo guitar. So sometimes I do solos as well. Yes. If I have to, depending on what they have, you know, they need me for. Yeah. Brilliant. I hope you come and play on a stage in South Africa in the not so distant future. <laughs> We've got to end this that. feature. I could go on chatting and playing more songs. But as I said to you, when we were chatting, I'll still be playing all of these songs, every single song of this album in the weeks, months, and years on the world show. Uh, Dedeji, before I let you go, how can people find you on socials? Uh, what is, yeah. My handle, yeah. So on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm info, which is A-D-E-D-E-J-I-N-F-O. So it's a single I between. It's the name with information, like info, but with a single I. And um, on Facebook, it's the same thing. Adedeji, yes. There's an official music. Adedeji official music page. That's my that's my handle on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter is Adedeji Info. So they can find me there. Also, they can find me on World Music Label. That's my label. Yes. World Music Records. So I'm I'm on I'm on their platform as well. So it's easy to find me there as well. Yes, One World Records. One World Records. Yes. One World Records. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to end with the Lagos Blues, probably the the, 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 the the quietest song on the album, if I can put it that. <laughs> yes, yes, but, that's it, that's it. You're yes. right, you're absolutely right about that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely yes. beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on The World Thank Show you. and keep making this incredibly inspiring uh, music. It's music that makes you happy, that brings you energy, Thank you for also spreading uh, the spirit of Africa internationally, both in the music, the arrangements, and the messages. Thank yeah, you, Adedeji. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm going to end with this one, Lagos Blues, the album. You've got to get it. It's available on all platforms. Your Ruba Odyssey is the name of it. Brother George is up next and he's going to ease you into the uh, new day with beautiful jazz. Jazz it up is what it is all the way. From me, Nikki B, to you, whatever else you do this week, make sure you keep shining. And of course, keep it Kaya. Here's Lagos Blues. The World Show with Nikki B. Every Sunday from 6 to 9 p.m. on Kaya 959.